Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygranitandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast, Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis. Now, of course, we have got that all-important win that we were looking for against Oldham. We'll come on to that very shortly. Uh, but we're going to begin with some sad news, actually. And this has only been announced in the last hour or so as we're recording this. And you'll have seen it by now. But it is, of course, that Ray Clements has died at the age of 72. Uh, he has played a legend of the game, obviously. 61 England caps, many league titles, league cups, European cups with Liverpool and Tottenham. Um, but, of course, played for Scunthorpe United and sort of started there really didn't he I know he came from I think it was Notts County wasn't it but he started with us in many ways vice president of the club now he always I think one thing for me was that he whenever he was getting interviewed and this is with like the BBC and things like that you know they talk about Liverpool they talk about Tottenham but he was always keen to mention Scunthorpe as well wasn't he so you know he kept that he kept that at the forefront of that and I know I know it's a bit difficult for us because obviously way before our time but some some thoughts on Ray Clements yeah I think you've summed it up really well he's obviously um a legend in the game and I know that word gets banded about quite a lot but um, there's not many that will have such a successful career um, you obviously mentioned sort of the, the trophies and, and things like that he's won there um, so yeah really sad news um, we've had a, obviously a couple of messages about this as well from from fans that that did manage to watch him playing for Scunthorpe uh, all those years ago and there was one from Paul um, who, who said that he was first spotted playing for Skegness Youth Club at Ashbyville and, and then obviously went on and got his move to Liverpool, uh, 18,000. Uh, doesn't seem a lot, does it, uh, considering kind of the career he went on to have. Um, but yeah, uh, fantastic career and uh, really, really sad news. Yeah, and I think, as, as you say there, Matt, we've had quite a few messages sent in. And I think um, what we're going to do, obviously, it's only, it's recent news, isn't it? It's only just been announced within an hour or so. But I think we might we might try and do a little something as a podcast, maybe put out some sort of uh, tribute thing. So, uh, actually, what yeah, what we, what we say is if, if you do have stories, if you saw Ray Clements play for Scunthorpe, anything like that, uh, post them on the forum or, you know, send a DM to Matt at Iron Brew and we might just... Uh, put some of these together because I've got a bit of an idea of what we can do to uh, just notice significance for Scunthorpe United and we'll uh, probably work on that throughout this week and hopefully get something out pretty soon for that. Uh, right, let's move forward then, shall we? Uh, let's look at the the rescue package because that's something that's been uh, talked about this week. Now, this is on the BBC Sport website. This is where I'm getting this from. And obviously, if you remember a while ago, I think it was a couple of months ago now, wasn't it, that there was talk of that 50 million rescue package. I think at the time that was intended to cover the Championship League One and League Two 
what it says now is uh, English Football League clubs have agreed in principle for clubs in League One and Two to receive a fifty million pound short-term rescue package from the Premier League. And obviously, it's it's nothing's finalised yet or anything like that. But uh, I think I, I get the impression that this will cover League One and Two rather than all three divisions. So I guess this is oh, it seems to be a step forward anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's a a bit of clarity that clubs have probably been waiting for for quite some time, haven't they, really? Um, living under constant uncertainty with coronavirus and, and things like that. And, and, you know, obviously a lot of teams have suffered massively financially from this. So I think that the fact that they've finally kind of agreed that in principle, if you like, is, is, is pretty positive and it means a lot of clubs can can move forward. Um, and they'll probably just be looking for more details when they, at this point. So, But it, it will probably, you know, let's be honest, save quite a few clubs <clears throat> this season. I think it's about time it was agreed. Um, but thankfully it has now been done and and it you know hopefully league football can move forward and i think that that coupled with the fact that they've been able to stay open and play games in this new lockdown period is, is probably been a couple of little positive bits out of the coronavirus disaster really hasn't it for football league clubs i think you sum it up there actually because as you're saying about clubs struggling and i think this is on the back of i think wasn't it 10 clubs that were struggling to pay wages or something like that so you know they were saying you know we really need this money as soon as possible yeah, and I think it's it's really important that it is a rescue package as well. I know Peter Swan was sort of talking of the significance of, of that and um, not loans and not kind of deferred payments, things like that, because the clubs just desperately need um, that money that they've lost in gate receipts coming in. Um, so it does sound like it's a, a big step forward. Um, it, the thing is, I mean, a few weeks ago we were talking about this and, and we seem to be at a point where something might happen then. Um, still... Obviously, it's been agreed in principle, but there's still no cash um, arriving at clubs. So, yeah, I think it just needs to be done as, as soon as possible. Uh, I think there's there's a real um, need for it now. Obviously, we were talking four or five weeks ago saying that, that clubs were getting really desperate. And I think it was kind of common knowledge that there's there's a number of clubs that are closer to going out of business if, if this money doesn't come. So, um, yeah, I think um, it's it's much needed and hopefully it's done sooner rather than later. Well, as we're talking about money and statements, uh, let's talk about the Peter Swan statement now because that was released earlier in the week uh, and it, the main theme of it was, of course, uh, it was about perseverance, wasn't it? I think that's what it was titled. And it was just, you know, give people time, you know, this will turn around. We've got been hampered by COVID and everything like that. Uh, the significant bit, I think, or one of the main points from it, is the is the talk about the financial plan and i'll just read this little bit out and it says uh, this will include a financial plan to which we'll look at writing off all the owners loans into the club and we'll continue to discuss this with our advisors so obviously the club owe Peter Swan a lot of money but it's that that's that's quite a big thing to put in that statement yeah i mean it was i think it kind of went one or two ways with the fans didn't it i think there was some that kind of saw it as a, a real good step forward and um, something that that would really help the club, and then there was others that maybe thought it was Swan kind of paving the way for an exit if if that did happen. Um, obviously, he's been getting quite a lot of criticism this season for for the transfer policy and and the poor start to the season. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be going to be interesting. He obviously came onto the radio and and tried to explain it, and um, I think the justification for doing it was or looking into into the possibility of doing it was, was all tied into the apartments and, and the investment that they're hoping to get um, to get kind of the, the stadium redevelopment and, and all those kind of businesses that NHS and, and things like that moving into to the stadium and the redevelopment. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. I know um, I've spoken to some fans that, that took it one way and I've spoken to some that kind of read it and thinking, yeah, this is, this is a long-term sort of plan and, and he's going to be around for a while yet. So um, yeah, it's, it's one to keep an eye on definitely. Uh, I just think it was, it was important. I know he's been out on the radio a couple of times in recent weeks talking about um, COVID and, and the impact that's had but I think it was important that he came out and just sort of clarified his position and um, kind of set out a plan moving forward because yeah that's been kind of a, a talking point with the fans uh, for, for a little while and uh, it was just good to get some clarification on that so fair play to him for doing that. Right, let's just do one last little bit of news before we go on to the games then from this week. And that is that Andy Dales has been loaned out to Altrincham. This just initially for a month. Uh, and I think, yeah, we've we've long been saying, haven't we, it's a big squad. We've been looking to move a few on. I'm not entirely surprised that he's gone. He doesn't seem to be in Cox's immediate plans. I don't think so. Um, well, I mean, you know, he could be and he, he could just be lacking match fitness at the minute and, and maybe there was no real way or no no like preferred way for Cox to get him some competitive football, I suppose. So if he goes out for a month, gets, you know, what, maybe three or four games under his belt and comes back, then maybe it'll be another option. But, I mean, to be quite honest, I, I kind of agree with you in, in that Cox maybe doesn't see in his, his plans so but at the same time, it's getting another player fitness, isn't it? But you are right. We need to trim the squad down a little bit. So it's, it's no real surprise. And, you know, you kind of ex- expect maybe a couple more at some yeah. point. Um, now, most of the kind of senior players are coming back to something like fitness, as we saw against Oldham. Um, so it surprised me to see maybe a couple of other departures, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it was suggested to me over the weekend that there were there were a number of players whose names have been circulated, sort of non-league and, and lower, just trying to get some out of the door. Because obviously, yeah, it, it is a really, um, really big squad at the moment. So I think Dales could probably find himself a little bit unlucky. Uh, I don't think he's had much of a chance under Cox. And having said that, actually, under, under many managers here... Um, he obviously scored that goal in his debut at Coventry. Looked quite, looked quite sharp, and then it never really happened for him after that. So, um, yeah, I think he probably found himself a little bit unlucky. But I think it's it's good to get someone out of the building, um, kind of trim that squad down a little bit. And I'm sure he'll be happy playing games. Uh, I think he made his debut yesterday as well. So, um, probably a good move all round at, at this time. Right, let's go on to the games then. And like a lot of weeks, you know, throughout these months, it's two games in the week, isn't it? Um, we'll not spend too long on Mansfield because there's not really much point. As we said last week, it's it's the final game in that competition, which is now Papa John's, isn't it? I think we were both teams were already out of the cup, so it, you know it was not a game worth playing, really, was it? It was just into about getting match fitness and things like that. Uh, we did, I think, we lost two one, didn't we? Let's let's maybe just talk about Olamola because it was a really nice goal actually that he scored. It's obviously, a consolation in the end, but he took it really well it was a good strike wasn't it and he, this is what he needs to do really to kind of stake his his his, his claim on a position in in the starting lineup is 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 score goals in in non first team games if you like what well, non league games anyway um and so it kind of gives cox something to think about but um he didn't come on against oldham did he so i think he was behind McAtee in the pecking order in that kind of respect so he's, he's clearly not quite done enough um, so you know you can't really say it's fitness either at this point so you should think it'd be you know relatively you know, match fit now he's had you know he's had some time on the pitch as well and <clears throat> so it's it's a bit of a weird one it's maybe Cox doesn't favour him and I think that he did speak about him didn't he in, in one of his recent interviews on the Humberside I think it was actually the one after Mansfield um, that he maybe wasn't quite 
as pleased as he, as he would have liked to be in about um, Fellas' attitude, if we like, might be one of the reasons why he's, he's not playing him. You know, he's, he doesn't seem to favour him, does he? And those comments didn't really seem very positive, to be quite honest. Um, so, you know, all, all he can do is, is just try and perform in the games he gets a chance to play. And, you know, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he was another one to go out alone. Yeah, it's a strange one again because not many managers have fancied him. Um, he's been here a while now. We've got to remember that. I think it's a couple of years now. Um, he's only made a handful of appearances. But I thought he was good when he came on. I thought he was he was sharp. He was. It looked like he wanted to prove a point. Um, and yeah, he took his goal really well. But you kind of alluded to that uh, interview with Cox after the game. And it seems like Cox wants him to play in a certain way. And, and Olamola... Uh, doesn't think he's that kind of player, um, which I think it's a difficult situation. I think Tom Newey was saying that, you know, Olamola just has to get on with it and play wherever the manager wants him to. And you can kind of, you, you understand that and I can completely um, agree to agree to an extent. But then if Olamola has been asked to do a job that he's not quite comfortable with or not good at um, and, and he doesn't think that's his best position I can also understand why he might be a little bit unhappy as well um, we've seen it with Paddy Madden sort of playing him out wide I know he, he scored goals and, and did a job out there but you look when he switched back to move back to Fleetwood switched to his um, position up, up, back up top and he starts scoring loads of goals again when he was maybe struggling with us so um, yeah it's it's one another one to keep an eye on Um but I think all he, all he can do is when he does get an opportunity, take it as he did on Tuesday. Um, I thought he was one of the kind of the bright sparks from that um, alongside Alfie Beeston, who I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about uh, again. Another good performance this weekend. But yeah, um, Cox just doesn't quite think he's, he's doing enough at the moment. So um, yeah, all he can do is keep working hard. And if a chance comes, then he's got to do the same and, and take it and uh, start scoring a few goals in the first team. Just, I wasn't going to mention this, but just, I'd be interested to get your thoughts while we're chatting about this. Um, those those interviews, the comments after the game that Neil Cox was making. Uh, now, obviously, we've been, you know, we've said things, haven't we, about previous Iron managers where we're saying like you don't get anything from them in the press. You know, they just they keep everything close to them, and you know they come across a bit boring and things like that. Um, never really had that from Neil Cox. He's not really afraid to say, you know, what you know what he's thinking, what what he's told the team, and things like that. Uh, I'm just interested. How much do you think some of those comments should have been kept in the dressing room, or you know, do you think it's fine that he goes into specifically naming players in the press? What What do you make of it? It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because <clears throat> some managers do it and some don't. Most don't, um, in my experience, but some do. And I don't, it's it's just. I suppose it's just the way he wants to do it, isn't it? It's, it's and, and we can't really say that that was the right thing to do, or it wasn't the right thing to do at the minute because you know we're too early in the season but if that's the style he wants to go with um and it, it just shows that he's, he's clearly you know he, there's a bit of passion there isn't there he, he's clearly not pleased with some of these players and when he's come out and he said that publicly and when he's named him as well which would suggest that he's really not pleased with them because as you said most of the time um, managers sort of speak about it in general terms don't they? they might say you know we weren't good enough or one or two players weren't good enough but to actually come out and name the player specifically is, is, is something that not all managers do. Um, but, you know, we, we, time will tell, really, if it's the right approach. Um, we, we got a good result against Oldham, didn't we, when, when most of our players 
sort of were back. So, you know, at the minute, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I don't really have a problem with it, to be honest, because let's be honest, we've been absolutely shy. And he is clearly not being pleased with the performances, and, and rightly so. And, and whether that's, you know, as a result of, you know, training being disrupted, uh, disrupted by COVID, you know, players being out injured, etc., whatever. If he's not pleased with the way the players have been performing, then he, he's, he's quite right to kind of single them out if he likes to do that. And I think he's, he's shown that he's not afraid of it. But at, at the same time, he's, he's very forthcoming, as you said, Brad in his interviews and it, it didn't surprise me that he did that uh, that he did that um, and it just seems to be the way he, he conducts his, 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 his sort of media relations and I personally don't have a problem with it he's, he's, he's very different to you know people like maybe McCall and Hurst as well wasn't really that kind of forthcoming he was a bit boring wasn't he but at least you can see the passion coming through when, when Cox speaks on the radio which is is refreshing you know he, he's raw and you know he, he's relatively inexperienced but if, if that's the way he wants to do it then I don't have a problem with that to be honest. Well I think he came on kind of straight after the game and looking at that game I mean it was dire and he probably he was looking at it. He was looking at some of those kind of fringe players, hoping they'd show him a little bit more. I think um, again, it was Cordner that, that got the brunt of the criticism after the game, and he was at, at fault for for one of the goals. Um, and it was another poor performance, especially in that first half. So uh, I think it's probably we've seen other managers this season do it as well. Uh, Bolton, Everton, at Bolton. I think he's been really critical of of the keeper. Um, who's now obviously dropped and, and Jilks has gone in there now, obviously um, ex-Gunny goalie. Um, so, yeah, we've seen other managers do it. We've seen other managers kind of adopt that style. I just think it was maybe everything kind of rolled into one. It, it was another poor performance. Um, you had Mansfield, again, their fringe side, really putting in a shift for, for their new manager, trying to impress him. And I think in the heat of the moment, maybe say things... Um, that, that maybe he wouldn't have said the day after. But, um, yeah, I think you're right, Matt. I think um, he's obviously not happy with what he's seen. Um, there's there's no kind of denying his passion. Um, and, yeah, whether it, whether he kind of was right or wrong, I think I think that's it's for you to decide, really. But, um, yeah, certainly not happy after that. And I think rightly so, because it, it just wasn't good enough. Well, it's, I think it's it's born out of frustration, isn't it? And as as you said, it's, he's he's come out right after the game, and it and it's kind of all come out of his mouth, hasn't it? <laughs> really, I mean, obviously, it's been in a controlled fashion, and I think that uh, I think that's probably what it is. It's just kind of a build up of frustration. Really, it's been obviously difficult for him, hasn't it? Because you know he he's, he's had players out with COVID, has had his injuries, he's had, supposedly had COVID himself, you know, and things like that. So it's, it's and it's his it's, it's his first managerial, his proper first managerial role. So he wants to obviously he wants to get to the grips with it, and he's he's probably really frustrated that he's not being able to play the team he likes um and and he's he's he, you know we've lost what seven eight on the bounce until yesterday so uh, you know it was frustration and to be quite honest you know I, I, it doesn't surprise me but at least I think this is the the important point is that he's, he's I think Coxie is, is very real isn't he wants he is he's kind of his interviews he's, he's very honest and I think that he doesn't hold that much back, and it is a stark kind of contrast to some of the managers we've had in recent in recent history. So, I, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm pleased with it in a way because he, he is very honest, and, and that's kind of what we've maybe been lacking from the club over the past couple of years. 
Well, it's why we wait a day or two to record, isn't it? <laughs> Our own reactions, but he doesn't get that luxury, unfortunately, does he? Uh, right, let's move into this week's game then, the weekend Oldham. Uh, now, we, me and Matt, we were having a little chat about this in our little live thing that we tried out before the game yesterday. And we were saying that in the morning, we were fairly optimistic about our chances against Oldham anyway, but especially seeing the lineup. And um, maybe, Matt, we'll do it from your perspective because obviously we didn't get your thoughts yesterday. But Howard, Clark, Mane, Badeau, Brown, Gilead, Issa, Spence, Beeston, Kev, Loft. I mean, that's only really two or three players off of our first 11. And this has come a lot quicker than I think anyone was expecting. So when you saw that lineup at two o'clock, how were you feeling about the chances of the afternoon? Well, I was surprised to see such a strong lineup, and I think that's the first thing I took from it. And I thought, well, <clears throat> you know, we might be we might be able to get a result today because I, to be quite honest, I was expecting another defeat before I saw the line. I thought, you know, here we go again. Um, but it's a very it's a very strong lineup, and, it, and it's a lineup you would expect to get a result against a team like Oldham. Um, and and you know, we were we were solid, weren't we? And it was a solid lineup. And I'm, you know, obviously it's, it's pleasing to see. Clark come through relatively relative unscathed and, and Kev as well and things like that. But I think that that's the first thing I saw. And I think that, you know, kind of working with uh, someone's comments from earlier in the week saying our season starts on Saturday and we kind of got that feeling. I, I saw quite a few tweets that I thought summed up really well, um, you know, just as, as the team news broke really, which was, you know, up until this point, we've sort of been playing our reserve team, haven't we? We've not yeah. really got the players we want on the pitch. And, you know, even though we've been dreadful and the performances have, have been crap, I suppose the endeavour was generally there. It's not that you know, there was no lack of commitment. It was just a massive lack of quality. And I think that the main thing, to know from that lineup is that the genuine quality was there. Um, and I think you've probably got a bit of confidence coming from Clark, coming back finally, but, um, you know, and, and Bideau had a good game, scored, etc. And Honorise as well. He's, he's obviously very, very solid, isn't he? And I think that Kev, you know, of course, we've got to mention yeah. Kev because he scored, he set it up. It's, it's just that little bit of genuine quality, which is kind of, it really helped and it, and it showed, didn't it? Because again, without that quality from, you know, from the assist from Kev, the goal from Kev, and, and obviously it was really nicely taken goal by Pado as well. Um, it's another, it's an, it's another nil nil game, isn't it? Well, I think another thing to point out was, and I saw this flying about a little bit as well, when you're talking about considering it as like, the first game I think because the majority of the squad are back from COVID and I know Taylor was isolating still wasn't he but the majority of them are back they've been back a while like a week or so they've been training together I think there was certainly a sense that if this team can't do it then we are really going to struggle this season yeah it was a little bit of a relief to get the result in the end and I, I agree and I thought if we had lost that with that lineup I think a lot more people would have been looking in Cox's direction I think I think Cox was really brave, obviously chucking Clark in. It sounded like he'd done no training, you know, turned up the day before and said he's ready to play. So that's, you know, great from Clark. He's obviously um, had a really tough start to the game. I thought their left winger was, was quite tricky and, um, you know, skinned him a couple of times, to be honest. But once Clark kind of grew into the game, I thought he was solid. Uh, really good performance and I was I was surprised that he lasted um, so long but I think that's massive credit to him that he, he managed to get through um, right up until sort of the last couple of minutes so fair play to him for that um, and I think Cox got it right I think um, it's taken nine games but we, we've got Issa on one wing Gilead on the other um, two up front and we looked a lot better we looked a lot more com- comfortable um, playing that way um, obviously, the two fullbacks, a lot of experience. And I think that helped Bideau. I think that was his best game. Um, 
just someone talking him through it alongside Manny as well. Obviously, we've been really impressed with him since since he came in. So, um, yeah, it was it was one of those when we saw the, the lineup. We kind of mentioned it yesterday that it was not shit or bust, but it was you know we we needed to put in a decent performance. And I think for the first time in in a while, it, we actually resembled a bit of a team. And I thought they all looked up for it. And I saw a bit of a stat this weekend as well. I think it, we put in the most tackles of all the League Two clubs um, and I think most shots as well, most shots on target, which is, I think we had seven, which is probably more than we've had all season, um, which was great. And I think we obviously won the game against Carlisle um, a couple of, well, about six weeks ago, was it now? Um, and we maybe came away from that, obviously pleased we won, but we were looking at those saved from Watson that, that kept us in the game and won us the game really because I think if we're honest although there was a lot of effort from us that day and and we maybe deserved it in that sense on the balance of the chances and obviously Watson saves I think if Carlisle had won that and and maybe scored two or three then we could have had no complaints but I think yesterday um, we looked good in in spells always looked fairly comfortable apart from the first sort of 10-15 minutes and we put them under sustained pressure at times, which we've not seen this season. So, um, yeah, I thought it was it was an improved performance. And I think now the key thing is we've, we've got to replicate that on Tuesday. Um, and are all these players going to be able to make the Tuesday game? Obviously, big question mark over Clark. Um, and there's a few others. You know, Van Veen's coming back. He, he's not played much game time. Brown, again, not played a lot. Um, so, yeah, there's question marks whether we can get that side back on the pitch so soon. Um, but definitely a massive improvement. I think, obviously, credit to Cox and credit to the players because they really put a shift in yesterday. I think just looking at that, one of the main things for me, you've mentioned the players at the back there, but I think that was it. I just It seemed a lot more solid, didn't it? I think you, you summed it up right there when you were talking about Clark and Brown you know, just bringing that experience. It looks so much more organised at the back, you know, and I think ideally you'd want this four with Maguire not, you know, looking, coming back anytime soon. You'd want this four to carry on and try and get a run going. But as you say, it's it's going to be very difficult fitness-wise. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, maybe J-Row coming in, maybe O'Malley as well, although I think Brown is getting there. Um, but yeah, look, let's just talk about a few other players before we go on to some specifics. Uh, another area of the pitch that we often talk about is centre midfield but I thought both players yesterday Spence and Beeson I thought were great and I know Beeson's been getting a lot of plaudits but I think Spence did quite a good job that you know that was going a little bit unnoticed actually. I've been quite impressed with Spence I know he's he's not as you say he's gone unnoticed in a lot of games really um, but he very rarely loses the ball I think he's yesterday he was getting stuck in he was in their face you know he wasn't giving them time um, and he did the job, you know, he, he's there to do. I think um, I think he's been okay. And I, I think he's got a little bit of stick after a couple of games where kind of the games maybe um, bypassed the midfield a little bit. But um, yeah, I think he, he did really well yesterday. And I think that's the start of a bit of an unlikely partnership. I don't think um, we ever thought it would be those two in central midfield. Obviously, we've lost Vincent now for a while um, with injury. Uh, but Beeston, I think he's, he's been great. Obviously, we, we mentioned yesterday the Exeter game. He looked really good in that one. Really impressed with him. 
Um, and then he did okay midweek, and he obviously took his chance again yesterday. I, I just, I really like him, and I think we've got to remember he has played League One football with Doncaster, um, so he has got a bit of experience. It's not like he's, you know, um, he's obviously a fairly young lad, but he's not like he's not got any games under his belt, um, and he's not let us down so far. So for me, he's got to keep the shirt, and those two as a partnership, I think they're going to improve. So. Um, yeah, I know we're going to come up against better opposition in, in the next few weeks, but um, for me, that's looking quite promising. I think there is a decision there for Cox, though, isn't there? Like you say, Beeston's done an awful lot to justify keeping the shirt, but then again, you've got Taylor as well, hasn't you, that, to come back in potentially, and he, he's another one that's impressed early on. Yeah, I mean, with, with Beeston, just listening to Cox, I think he really likes him. I think he, he really likes his attitude. Um, I think they're still, they were still looking for his best position, and I think Cox was mentioning that um, he wanted to play in the number 10, but obviously we, we've got McAtee and, and a few others. I suppose Taylor could play that role as well. So um, maybe, yeah, they, they've kind of stumbled across his, his best position um, in, in the centre of midfield. Um, but yeah, when Taylor comes back, I think obviously he'll miss Tuesday, whether he's back for the weekend, I'm, I'm not sure, because he's obviously isolating. Um, but again, that gives us a bit another option and you look at the bench yesterday with McAtee, Hallam um, you had Taylor in the mix as well I mean we, we've got a good strong bench um, we've got plenty of players that you know if if they do need to come in and, and do a job they definitely will so I think it's important not to get carried away obviously it's, it's one win um, we've got to back that up now with, with the two games this week um, which are not going to be easy obviously we've played Port Vale already in, in the cup and lost. So, um, yeah, it's it's a start. I think it's, it's um, progress. Obviously, small steps, but, um, yeah, a lot happier than I was last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you say, the, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, they were a little bit difficult. I think there was times where it wasn't necessarily gelling. Uh, but then it, it did seem to calm down a little bit. And as you say, there was a bit of pressure, and we, we did keep that up for, I would say, the majority of the game, actually. You know, we, we did control the game quite nicely. Um, Obviously, it went into half-time nil-nil, but there were a couple of real chances in that first half, wasn't there? I think there was one from a corner. It was headed off the line, wasn't it, in the end? And there wasn't an awful lot of power on that shot. Uh, the loft one, I think, was maybe a little a little better. Uh, we've got the ball in, obviously, Kev. Uh, Kev. Kev on a lot of delivery, actually. He was he was taking the corners. He was taking the free kicks as well, wasn't he? Um, uh, and we can, obviously, we'll chat about Kev a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, that, was, that one was a pretty nice delivery. And loft having the shot there. I think the, there were saying, any commentary potentially you know a shirt pull at that moment but he got a bit of contact on it anyway it was great effort actually from loft and i thought he had a lot better game uh, looked after the ball a little bit more which we've been asking for you know he's clearly got some talent um i think he showed that in the first couple of games uh, obviously got that good goal and looked looked a real handful and i think we saw that again yesterday i think um he worked well with kev at times i think there's work to do there but i think um yeah it was a much improved performance so um, yeah it would have been a nice if that had gone in that would have probably been goal of the season uh, with the overhead kick but um, yeah I think you're right I think we had a number of chances I think Issa had another chance uh, where maybe he scuffed it when maybe could have done a little bit better um, but I thought he he was good actually as well and um, obviously not played much football recently but he just gave us an outlet and he was always looking to get forward and, and be positive and it was a typical Issa performance really Um so, yeah, pleased to see him back in as well. Um, and I think, hopefully, if we can keep him in and, and keep him fit and 
got Gilead on the other wing and then we're looking a lot better. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, th- I think that just to go back to Loft a little bit, I think he had, he had a pretty decent game, didn't he? He's taken quite a bit of stick recently. He's, he's kind of disappeared a little bit after the uh, screamer on the first day, but I think he was, as you said, incredibly unlucky not to score from that corner. It was uh, a hell of a save, actually, and he did, he made some really good contact with it. If that had gone in, you know, another goal of the season contended, to be quite honest. And, and obviously the back heel for... For Kev's for Kev's goal as well, so he you know he had a decent game and he, he's, he's kind of <clears throat> playing in, in that team with obviously there's a lot of experience and there's a bit more quality than we've been we, we've been used to this season. It you know you'd like to think that will bring out the best in him and it kind of showed that it it did yesterday. Well, let's let's go on to that second half then because obviously we're going into at halftime nil nil. I think th- there was a little bit of talk, wasn't there? That it's, it was one of them games where we're controlling it. You know, we're doing all right. We're actually having more chances than we normally do, but it's one of them where you just know Oldham are going to come and just nick a one nil, don't you? It was that sort of game, really. But we do step it up second half, uh, and actually, let's just look at that first goal. Actually, I think it comes a little bit of the way in, but it's really nicely taken. Actually, you've got it's. I think it was from the corner initially, wasn't it? But you've got Kev. He's, he's quite far out of the box. It's actually, he crosses it in. It's a perfect ball in. It's brilliant. Uh, and it's actually a no-look cross as well. He's not, he's not looking where it's going at all. So that's excellent as well. Uh, you've got Badeau. He steps out, controls it really nicely, slips it under the keeper. And I think it's one of them goals where you just think, if a striker had scored that, you'd be impressed with it. Now, mind the centre-back doing it. He, you know, he times that step out from the defence perfectly. He brings it down really nicely. And then the finish itself is great. But, you know, it's just one of them that we've been looking for that, haven't we? As you said earlier on, Matt, didn't you? You know, you know a little bit of genuine quality on the pitch. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good ball in. And I think that if you actually look when, when Kev puts the ball in, what, what you've got is it's a, it's a good ball in. But in actual fact, the run from Badeau is, is better because if it's not for that run, it just goes straight back to the keeper and he sweeps it downfield, doesn't he? So it's, although the, the, the ball is good, it's, it's, it's really good from Badeau because if you actually look when he makes the run, he, he basically leaves his mark. The guy who's marking him on his, on his ass, he turns around and says, like, oh shit, he's gone and that's it. We're one nil down. So it's, it's, it's for a centre-back, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a run in, in the touch. He, he, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice, isn't it? He, he kills the ball dead and it's, it's a nice finish as well. So it, it's, it's quality all round and that's how you score goals. I think it, it proves he's a good footballer and we've been saying it, you know, great touch, um, good finish and I think he's just got to work on a few things, parts of his game, obviously defensively, but I think we saw an improved performance as, as we've already said. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great ball in from Kev. Um, again, I mean, maybe question marks over the defending. I'm sure Oldham fans not happy at that because I think if, if we'd have conceded that, we, we'd have been fuming with it but um, yeah taking off and away from from the ball in and it's a fantastic touch and a really calm finish as well um, you know for a centre back didn't snatch at it just just took it really nicely so um, yeah fair play to him and I think he he was um, much improved so hopefully he can kick on now well yeah you mentioned that and I think again as we have done on many episodes now, just to mention what Tom Newey said there, he, he just seemed to be a bit calmer with the basics, didn't he? There was times where it would be in the corner flag, the, their striker would be pressing him and he just got rid of it. You know, he'd clear it up the pitch and whereas in other games he might have tried to, you know, take that striker on or, you know, just take one touch too many. But it seemed like the basics, when you need to clear it, he was clearing it. And I think, you know, potentially that's from having more experience in the back line. Maybe it's just from seeing it's not worked in other games. But yeah, like you say, a much more assured performance I think that kind of thing um, is is communication as well because as you said just then Brad it's like he's known when to clear it and, and when to hold on to it and things like that and you know that's 
that's part of the communication that, that comes from your goalkeeper because if you can't see around you all the time the keeper says get rid of it or you know hold on to it or whatever that's that's a little something that you're going to get from having an experienced goalkeeper and we've not mentioned him yet Howard but I thought he had a, a really solid game he made a couple of good saves everything he did was spot on and he's, he's just a, a nice level kind of foundation for the defence to work on and for the rest of the team to work on so I think that stability has really helped as well I think with, with Howard I mean there were a couple of instances in the first half where he, he kind of came for crosses from, from corners and he, he wasn't quite, well, he wasn't anywhere near it, to be honest. Uh, but he didn't have anything to do other than that. Um, I think he's looked okay in the games. He's made some big saves um, in recent weeks. So, um, yeah, happy with him. And hopefully now, you know, we've got a bit of experience in goal. If we can get Clark and Brown on the pitch at the same time and, and we've got Manny and then potentially Maguire coming back in in the next couple of weeks as well, um, that defence is looking a lot better. And I think the key to it is keeping it settled, really. Um, if, if we can keep them all on the pitch and keep them all fit, then um, we've got a good base to work from. But yeah, I think, um, again, Howard didn't, didn't really do anything wrong. Um, just maybe, maybe a couple of crosses in the first half he, he could have done a little bit better with, but yeah. Um, didn't cost us a goal so yeah all good and just before we look at the second goal that was the moment which I think we'll bring up which I had completely forgotten about actually until just now um, they should have been down to 10 men really shouldn't they I think their player was booked in the first half wasn't it and then it it was Issa wasn't it I think it was down the line it clattered him I mean that was a yellow card at least yeah it was a clear red card wasn't it it was clear second yellow um, I think the thing is, the thing that annoys me, if that was us and, and one of our players on the booking, you just knew he'd, he'd be walking. And uh, I think that was at a crucial time of the game because, you know, if they go down to 10 men there, I think it would have made it a lot easier for us to, to close that game out. Um, but thankfully, obviously, it didn't, didn't really matter. But um, yeah, I think their manager obviously subbed in as well shortly after yeah. that. So he obviously realised that he was kind of a, a walking red card at that stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was good from Issa actually just to kind of accelerate past him and kind of break break clear. And yeah, if, if that's not a yellow card, I mean, I think that was probably the worst tackle all game. And, and there's other yellow cards in the game that, that probably weren't. So um, yeah, the ref got that one wrong. Uh, but thankfully it's not cost us, which, you know, it's... It's easier, you can let them go when, when it doesn't cost you the game. But I think if, if they got back into it at that stage, I'm sure Cox would have been absolutely fuming and, and rightly so. Well, you mentioned Cox there. I was actually just going to bring him in because I think at that point in the game and, and going forward, you know, he's got decisions to make here, hasn't he? It's a very difficult thing. You know, you, you're 1-0 up against opposition that are dropping form a little bit. They didn't look anything at all, did they? I think we're going to, we won't play many teams worse than that this season but at that stage in the game you're 1-0 up you've got players on the pitch like you know Kev Brown etc Clark as we've mentioned that are you know that are only just back they're probably not even fully fit you know and he has then the choice do you bring them off do you leave them on you know do you attack the game do you sit back and and for the most part, he kept those players on and we continued to press, didn't we? And then obviously that was rewarded with that second goal and it was really nicely taken. I mean, you look at the loft, the back flick through, that's great. You've got Kev that picks it up, just puts it on his preferred foot. Great strikes, about 25 yards, isn't it? It's one another magic goal from Kev. It's what he does. Uh, I, also, I would also pull out the, uh, the bit where Issa's, he's running on and he just drags the two defenders, whether it's intentionally or not. He drags them away from Kev. I think they're expecting a pass through to Issa, uh, but it just frees up that space for him to hit it. And, you know, you give him that room, you give him that time. It's, it's only going one way, isn't it? 
Well, it was a great run from Issa. Um, I think that that created it really. Just gave, as you say, Kev that half a yard to get the shot in, um, and took it really well. But it was it was just nice to see more than one player actually attacking um, because at times this season we've seen the striker so isolated, whether it be Loft or or Jarvis when he's got a chance. Um, so it was nice to see Issa up there supporting, obviously made the great run. And even Spence, if, if you actually watch it back, Spence is kind of bombing on, trying to get past Kev maybe to slip him in, maybe to take another player out of the game. But um, yeah, all around great, great goal. Um, great touch from Loft as well. Really nice back heel into, into a good area as well. Um, he thought about that one because... We've seen we've criticised him a little bit for for his passing and um, maybe been a little bit wayward at times. But yeah, that was that was a real nice touch and then set it up nicely for Kev. But yeah, Issa's involvement was um, didn't go unnoticed and and that really created the room for Kev to get the shot off. Yeah, it was is what kind of what we expect, wasn't it? Really, I mean, you know, he, he plays, he scores, he creates. Um, if we stay up, he'll have a big kind of part to play in that. I think. Um, and it obviously showed yesterday, but I, I agree. Actually, the the run from Issa was was quality because he he does actually drag two players with him, and I think you've you probably got instructions from from Alton's manager to say you know double up on Issa for obvious reasons, um, and then that obviously kind of it doesn't help him in that situation, does it? Because he drags two away, and and the pocket space is created, and as you say, um, so it's it's pretty you know it's pretty standard from Kevin. It, it's a good goal. He scored a lot better, but I think it was a very important goal, and it gives him a bit of confidence. And he's scored two and two now, hasn't he as well? So. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see um, if they start him again on Tuesday. I think they probably will. I think just just kind of looking at Kev, I think he did maybe feel that the pressure was on him a little bit when he when he came back to you know he needed to perform because we were struggling at the wrong end of the table. And I think because he's one of the oldest players and, and because he's obviously scored a lot of goals in his time here, I think a lot of the other players seem to like him and, and sort of look up to him and. Um, I think maybe he felt it was a little bit on him to kind of turn things round, and he certainly um, made a big impact, hasn't he, in the, in the last couple of games? Um, so yeah, he'll be he'll be really happy with that. Um, I think obviously it's been a really tough time for him uh, with the injury. Um, so yeah, it was it was really nice to see that, and I think it's it's just really important, obviously heading towards January, that we we do our best to keep hold of him. Um, he's obviously out of contract in the summer, uh, and it's. It's a difficult situation because I'm sure we've obviously paid out money for him in the past and we paid out money to get him back from Northampton and would Swan be tempted if an offer came in? I don't know because obviously in in the summer he's going to be able to leave for free, uh, which would be you know sad if he does. But I think it would be more important to kind of keep him in the building Getting, getting scoring and getting back to his best and, and securing football league status for me. Um, but again, it's it's a decision the club have got to make and we saw London Novak move on last January. I just really hope Kev's here um, come sort of 1st of February. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that's another one to keep an eye on. Right, let's move forward then, shall we? Obviously, we've got that winner. It's much needed. Uh, I think, as we've mentioned, scoring two in one game, that was great. Controlling the game, that was brilliant. I think that was the thing for me, was not just the fact that we won, but that we look quite comfortable. And I think it does show, as we alluded to last week, really, didn't we? We were talking about this. If you do get that, not maybe not necessarily your first 11, but close to it, that there is there is quality in that team. And there is for League Two level, as we were saying before the season, this team on paper, if they're on the pitch, they should be able to do quite well. And I think hopefully 
we're going to see that now a little bit going forward. Let's just look ahead to next week. Obviously, it's two games again. You mentioned Port Vale on Tuesday. We've got Morecambe uh, on the Saturday after that. Uh, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because as we say, you know, what we want to try and get consistency with the lineups, but in terms of fitness, I know Clark got cramped towards the end, didn't he? And uh, hope that might put him out for Tuesday. But it's how, how do you do this? You want to try and keep it as settled as possible, surely, but he's not going to be able to start the same 11 you wouldn't have thought. Mm, yeah, probably wouldn't think so. I, I wouldn't expect to see Clark, as you said, you'll probably see Roe coming maybe. It's it's a difficult um, juggling act for Cox, really, um, isn't it? Because you you do, you've, you've won your first game in ages, um, you've looked decent, you've looked solid, you want to stay stick with the same team, but of course fitness um, issues may not allow you to do that. So you've got to try and make as, as few changes as you possibly can to kind of maintain some sort of semblance of momentum. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if Clark started on the bench um, and Roe and Ro started in his place. And, you know, I think, as you said, I think Brown probably will start. I think he's, he's probably there or thereabouts with his fitness now, to be honest. Yeah, I might be wrong. Um, and then I think you'll probably see Kev start again, but he, he, you know, he'll probably come off at maybe, maybe 50, 60 minutes, something like that. Um, but, you know, it's about making as few changes as possible to try and replicate the performance um, away at Port Vale, really. Um, and I don't see if, if we can manage to... to to get the players on the pitch that we want. I don't see why we can't get another positive result, to be quite honest. But it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a difficult for the manager. Um, it really is. And it's, it's a fine, it's a fine line to walk between um, exposing players to a lot of game time that, you know, might set them back in their injury recovery. And hopefully that won't happen, but um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. We mentioned earlier on that obviously we've already played Port Vale in the season and likewise you said there, Matt, not to get carried away. Obviously, it's only one game. It steps in the right direction, certainly. Uh, how how do we consider this game on Tuesday then? You know, obviously, we, obviously we want the win, obviously, great. But is if we got a point, would that be a positive result? You know, how, how do you think we, we're going to approach that game? I think a point would be welcome, to be honest. You look at Port Vale's sort of squad, um, vastly experienced and I think Matt's right there we need to keep as many of, of that starting 11 together as possible obviously logistically that, that might not, not quite work work out but you look at um, yeah the Port Vale squad and they've got some quality in there at this level obviously Tom Pope and, and uh, Worrell as well good player um, so they've got a lot of kind of players that can hurt us but I think it's, it's probably on, on the back of that we've got a bit of confidence now and I think we need to kind of start thinking about how we can take the game to teams as well. And I think if you've got Issa and you've got Gilead, who, who hopefully will be um, you know, fit to play, obviously Issa's not playing much football, but hopefully if those two are, um, and Kev, um, and then you're just making little tweaks here and there, obviously if Roe has to come in at, at right back, then, then fair enough. But um, yeah, I think we'll be going there with a bit of confidence for the first time in a while. And the draw, I think... Um, is important I think as long as we don't get beaten I think that would be the worst thing on the back of a, a really good win at Oldham um, to then go and get beaten at Port Vale would, would, wouldn't be ideal so um, yeah I think important not to lose but there's no reason why we can't go there and win um, I didn't think too much to Port Vale actually I know it was obviously the first game and uh, maybe a little bit rusty but I didn't think too much to them um, on that day there was, there was certainly nothing to fear there so um yeah, I think they're, they're a decent side and um, one we need to be um, aware of kind of their, their danger men, but um, there's, there's nothing to suggest we can't go there and pick up a point um, or, or even three on the back of that performance at the weekend. 
And I think we'll leave it there. Then obviously, like we say, we'll be back next weekend. We'll have a look at Port Vale and, of course, Morecambe. We'll see good performance at the weekend. Great to get those players back on. Great to keep Bobby Grant quiet as well. Um, let's, yeah, let's as well. So as I just mentioned that we obviously we did that little live thing. It was just to test some software out. Um, so we didn't really push it that much uh, although quite a few people did tune into that so we might do a few more of those uh, before the Saturday games it was just like 15 minutes having a look at the lineup and saying what we think is going to happen so yeah we might maybe we'll do one of those before Morecambe and I think we'll probably put those up on Patreon afterwards I think as I said at the start if you have any stories or uh, you know anything like that about Ray Clements with his time at Scunthorpe United uh, get in touch either you know on the forum or send one of us a message and we'll sort something out so like I say at the start I think we'll do some sort of uh, little tribute podcast to him and uh, it'd be great to get as many people involved in that as, as we can. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 